Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and patriots of all ages, welcome to another fun-filled week of podcast adventure here on In Black and Right. We are the new definition of color commentary. I am, as always, Jerry Brooks, your host, the baby-faced assassin of freedom, tour guide through the alternate universe, which is Joe Biden's America, and so much more. Well, I do apologize, folks, um, that we're getting started on a Tuesday. Had some issues on Monday, and I do apologize for that, but we're definitely going to play as much catch-up as we possibly can. Uh, now, of course, the big news uh, that happened within the last 24 to 36 hours was the firing of the FBI's one of their top agents. But before we get into that story... I uh, just want to let you know that we are available. If you want to send us uh, an email with a question, a comment, hate mail, we don't care. Uh, in black and right at gmail.com is our email address. Or you can go to inblackandright.net, which is our fun website. I definitely would recommend checking out the online store. And that one uh, where you can find merchandise. And we're going to be adding more here for the fall going into the holidays and so forth. So check that out as well and maybe find something for yourself or someone in your family. Well, folks, the big news within the last 24 to 36 hours was the firing or resignation, whichever you want to call it, of one of the FBI's top people, not quite leadership level, but pretty dang close, Timothy Tebalt was essentially given the boot yesterday and escorted out of the building, out of the Hoover building, uh, according to various news outlets like Just the News, uh, the Washington Times, and so forth. This is just wild. I mean, just absolutely wild. So this Timothy Tebow, uh was escorted out of the Hoover building and interesting the timing of this, folks, because after the unprecedented, unlawful, and unnecessary raid by the FBI of Mar-a-Lago, 14 uh, FBI agents have become whistleblowers going to people such as Senator Chuck Grassley of Iowa, Senator Ron Johnson of Wisconsin, and in the House going to Jim Jordan of Ohio, the soon the future chair of the House Judiciary Committee, much to the chagrin of one uh, Jerry Nadler, who's probably going to pop a blood vessel and turn a nice shade of cooked lobster red uh, on November the 8th or maybe November the 9th, depending upon when he gets the news that his sorry blowhard butt is no longer the chair of the committee. So anyway, so yes, I mean, this is not just one or two agents. No, we're talking over a dozen have whistleblown right to members of Congress and about, and, and saying like Luciano Pavarotti about all kinds of political bias and other abuses of power 
in the Bureau. Now, of course, uh, people like Christopher Ray and Merrick Garland will never do the right thing and resign because their credibilities for both of them are both shot in the head because they are not honorable men. But if they want to stick around in January and pull the same crud they've been pulling, now that you have Republicans who are going to be committee chairs, and I believe that will be the case in spite of the attempts or the suppression polls by the mainstream media. The red wave is coming, folks. Do not listen to the mainstream press. Don't do it. Because if the red wave wasn't coming, why did Anthony Fauci put in for his retirement in December? That's a good question, folks. Because the two words that he does not want to hear is congressional investigation. And they are going to investigate the crud out of him. So if you're a company and you want to hire Fauci for something, you may want to wait for a while because, uh, number one, he's got a $350,000 a year set, uh, retirement package, which is the largest in U.S. history for any unelected uh, federal bureaucrat. So he's not going to be hurting for that long, but he's going to be busy with uh, the, with the House uh, and with the Senate, especially uh, a guy named Rand Paul, if that's a name that uh, <laughs> is not familiar to some folks. Oh yeah, and believe me, Fauci knows it. He knows it well. Uh, Rand Paul, a second generation doctor himself, uh, he's been living in Fauci's head for free. He's collect. He, he's he's living there rent free and driving Fauci out of his mind. So yeah, so you've got that now. Of course, this Timothy Tebow, who was escorted out of the Hoover Building yesterday. I mean, hmm, what's going on that the FBI is now putting their own on the chopping block, or he might be simply a scapegoat? Who knows for sure? But the fact is. <laughs> they know, they totally know, that the, between these whistleblowers and uh, with if the Republicans, uh, when the Republicans gain uh, the House, which they will, maybe even the Senate, they are going to have investigatory and also have subpoena power to do real investigations, real thorough investigations, and they're going to be bringing people up because this is now so far beyond ridiculous. I don't even know what to think anymore. I, I really don't. Because people have had it. We're tired. We are tired. America is tired. The working class is tired. And now with brain dead Biden, once again, trying to make some speech on Thursday, to essentially broad brush and smear Trump supporters, MAGA, Republicans, whatever sort of umbrella you're under, be it America first, whatever, and essentially being told that you're fascist, you're dangerous, you're what's wrong with this country. I'm like, really? I mean, seriously, do you really think a message like that is going to go over well? Especially with 
minorities who have been traditionally uh, some of the biggest uh, coalition supporting Democrats? Ah, uh, it's not the same anymore. This is not the same Democrat Party because Hispanics are ditching Biden and Democrats. Oh my gosh, the, the hemorrhaging, the bleeding hasn't even begun to stop. I mean, look what happened with Myra Flores down at, in Texas. Texas 34th Congressional was a history maker. It was a major history maker. That particular congressional district has been Democrat since Reconstruction. That was 1870. For 150 years, it was a Democrat seat. And she, as a, his, a Hispanic Republican, absolutely shocked the world, shocked the Democrats, and really ticked off the mainstream media, who are nothing but racist anyway. I mean, I still remember the New York Times writing in a headline, you know, the far-right Latina. I said, if she's far-right, doesn't matter. She won that seat, fair and square, and beat two Democrats to do it, and she got over 50% of the vote. Excuse you, sore losers and other various, well, dingbats, goofballs, whatever. I'm trying to be nice and keep this kind of clean. But yeah, it's like, forget it. So now if Biden wants to continue this semi-fascism argument, oh yeah, he, it's not going to go well. Independents are already hating on him big time. Hispanics, I think even worse. Black folks are kind of slow getting to it, but they are getting there. They're, they're not this monolith that Democrats have taken for granted and taken advantage of for well over 50 years. So yeah, even black folks are waking up to some of this. And to go and just become so mean, snarky, you know, and try to present yourself as, oh, we care, we care about the little guy. No, you don't. If you didn't care, if you cared about the little guy, you wouldn't hire 87,000 new stinking IRS agents. And I've even heard the name Lois Lerner, which is a real scary one. I mean, she was the one who used the IRS to try to stop the Tea Party and the Patriot Movement. And so she's pretty much out, got her nice little government pension, and now somehow she's been linked to these new agents. Somehow, I don't know how, but I've heard the, her name mentioned in association with that. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, mercy. Does, do these people not understand that... 87,000 new IRS agents cannot and will not be going after millionaires and billionaires. Sorry. I mean, they really think the American people are stupid. Because, hey, come on, remember, millionaires and billionaires have lawyers, they have accountants, they have ways of doing things using the loopholes that Congress created. Now, Congress created. So... What are they going? What are these eighty-seven thousand agents going to do? 
they're going to go after all the rest of us, the working class, sole proprietors, entrepreneurs, mom and pop business owners, uh, even family farms, because, hey, they're not doing much of anything except supplying our nation's food. So yeah, what we've got here is just messed up. And frankly, as I've said before, and I'll say it again, if the Republicans, when they take over in January, and they are the majority, the Appropriations Committee damn well better defund this crap in a hurry. Don't even allow it to be debated. And I'm talking not just the Democrats, I'm talking about the swamp creature Republicans, the establishment. You better not let this go through. This thing needs to be defunded, period. And you do it right at the appropriations level. So, I mean, there's that. But yeah, I, I'm just, ugh. But anyway, this whole thing with the FBI is going to be interesting to see what happens because I have a feeling, and I can't really put anything solid with it, but they're going to put as many people in the DOJ and the FBI on the chopping block as possible because Christopher Ray, that snarky SOB, and Merrick Garland, that, that weasel, are going to do everything they possibly can to avoid any real scrutiny, avoid taking any real responsibility, and not to be held account. Because then they're using these people as like, oh well, this person did this, and you know, and we try, we tried to do this, and you know, oh no, 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 no. The the boys and the gals on the seventh floor of the Hoover Building there in D.C. You need to be held to account, and if that means you need to be impeached, you need to be impeached. Period. And if there's going to be a whole lot of MAGA candidates who are winning on November the 8th, that's going to make the establishment absolutely bonkers. Because Kevin McCarthy is going to be faced with a dilemma of if he's going to continue to try to put the squeeze on all of these MAGA candidates, these new freshman Republicans, or re-electing those who have the right creds, you may not like being speaker because they're going to make your life absolute hell and they need to. So if you're serious, Kevin McCarthy, we're about to find out in the next oh, 70 days or so. We're going to find out what's going to go on. So yay, happy. Ugh, anyway. So yeah, so there's this, here's this T-Bolt guy gets fired for his political bias and showing it big time, not only dealing with the Trump raid at Mar the raid at Mar-a-Lago, but also ordering people in the bureau to not, I repeat, not investigate Hunter Biden's laptop. This is wild, folks. The FBI has had Hunter Biden's laptop since December of 2019. We're, took, we're now talking about three years later, and it's like, oh, my, 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 my. This is, I'm like, hello? Hello? <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. So now here we have uh, reports from 
media outlets like the Washington Times, JustTheNews.com, CBS, essentially, essentially saying, in the story from Just the News, because I definitely trust them a heck of a lot more than I would the mainstream press, but whistleblowers allege that Tebalt concealed the partisan nature of the evidence from FBI Director Christopher Wray and Attorney General Merrick Garland to secure their approval to open an investigation into former President Donald Trump in 2020 unrelated to the raid, according to information that was made public by Senator Charles Grassley, Republican of Iowa. Okay. So now this is interesting. So now we have these whistleblowers who are out there and they're just laying it all out. Political bias, uh, withholding of key information from agency leadership. I don't know who this T-Ball guy is, but it's like for him to be essentially fired or forced to resign and being escorted out of the building isn't good enough. It's not good enough. He better, the man better lawyer up in a hurry because I'll guarantee you, come some of these hearings in January, I'm sure his name is going to be on a witness list and subpoena his ass into Congress to explain, you got explaining to do, Lucy. You got serious explaining to do. So this is going to be interesting to watch and see what happens there. But we've got some other things going on. I mean, of course, we've got the never-ending saga, apparently, of the mess at Mar-a-Lago. Now, President Trump is going and has gone on offense. His motion to have a special master be appointed to go through all of the stuff that was raided. And apparently the judge seems to be... Um, who's presiding over the case, uh, U.S. District Judge uh, Eileen Cannon, is leaning towards granting President Trump's request. Which is nice, because now, I find it a bit ironic that a federal judge has essentially ruling that the FBI and the DOJ cannot be trusted. And I'm like, wow. That does make a statement because given what the whistleblowers have have said to members of Congress, the firing of this T-ball character, and everything else that's set to come. I mean, we've had last week the redacted affidavit, which really doesn't say much of anything because at least half of it was redacted and all the good parts uh, essentially, we'll never know. We will never know what happened. We won't know what the probable cause was. But what really fascinates me with all these names that were redacted out, one name was not, and that was Cash Patel, who worked in the Trump administration. So it's like, really? All these other people that the Justice Department claimed Oh, we have to protect the integrity of our sources. And yet, you leave Cash Patel's name unredacted. It's like, yo, what's up with that? What is up with that? 
So that right there makes me ask a few questions as well. So yeah, get, give me a break, folks. Give me a break. Because frankly, I don't know what's going on. I mean, yes, we also have uh, problems overseas. I mean, with energy right now, you have in Europe, in the British Isles, they have announced a huge, I mean, ginormous, I believe it's 80% increase in the price of energy in the British Isles alone. The French, uh, Macron is out there talking about, well, the age of abundance is over, you know, and they're going to talk about scarcity. I'm like, really? He wasn't sounding like that just about, what, three, four months ago when his sorry butt was running for re-election. That doesn't exactly help you, uh, Monsieur President. It doesn't help you at all. And the Germans pretty much said, hey, you know, we're not getting back. You know, we're going to continue to go green and this and that and the other. I said, really? Hmm. This is going to be real interesting. And here we are. We're not even in the month of September. And you better hope there's not a really cold winter in Europe in England, in France, in Germany, frankly, anywhere within the European Union. You better, better be ready and hope to God that it's not really cold. Because I don't think the people of Europe, Brussels especially, where all this control is going on, they're gonna, I don't think the European people are going to be really okay with this. I really don't think so. Now, one country that's actually getting its act back together, as far as energy goes, is Japan. Now, of course, the whole Fukushima incident that happened, what, over 10 years ago. And that was terrible. That was absolutely terrible. But, at least Japan is understanding, as far as uh, global energy markets, as capital markets, and so forth, they are making a concerted effort to get many of their nuclear plants that they shut down and getting, getting repaired, making upgrades and so on and so forth to help Japan at least be somewhat uh, less energy dependent. Now Europe is still continuing to live under the delusion that somehow the Russians are going to be okay. We can work with them. It's like Putin has no problem shutting off all that natural gas from that pipeline that went to Germany and then throughout Europe. No, no, no. And here we are, the United States, with we are considered the Saudi Arabia of natural gas. We are. We have plenty. We can take care of ourselves and we can make it in liquefied form and ship it over to Europe. But nope, the Green Rod deal and all the Environaniacs, and plus the fact that Biden doesn't even have much of a spine, let alone a brain, to pretty much say no. And here in this country, hey, you know, now Biden, of course, the disingenuous SOB he is, and his mental midgets, want to talk about oh gas has come down oh yay gas has come down we did it we did it no you didn't do jack 
You didn't do jack squat, Granholm, or preachy Pete Buttigieg. You did nothing to help gas prices come down. Now, the state of Florida seems to be the only state that I know of right now that is offering a gas tax holiday. Just us. Now, that's going to help Floridians. It's going to help Floridian residents. It's going to help Floridian business. Uh, bringing down the price of diesel will help Floridian farmers and truck drivers. Absolutely, it will. But to say that, you know, for the Biden administration to say, oh, we've got this really good thing going. It's, it, it's a Jedi mind trick, folks. These aren't the droids you're looking for. No, it's a mind, tr it's a mind trick. The price, the reason why gas has gone down in lots of parts of the country is that demand has gone down. Now, when things get cooler or basically downright cold, watch those prices go up. Watch it go up and not maybe not in the form of gas for your car, but that will be part of it. Heating oil, heating, the price of heating oil will go up. I mean, it's going to, because if the, if the, and of course, climate, if for the climate change dingbats, you know, it's like, hello, yeah, it might be pretty cold up there in the north, if you're in the plain states, if you're around the Great Lakes, if you're around New England, maybe even the Pacific Northwest, because it can get kind of cold there, having sent several winters there, but. I say to them, you know, no, get over it. I mean, get real here. This is why the snowbirds are going to be probably coming down to Florida in even bigger droves than they have traditionally. Because Florida is freedom. Florida is opportunity. We don't, we're going, we're going to do as much as we can, and Governor DeSantis will do as much as he can to help make Florida the great place it has been and will continue to be free Florida and speaking of Governor DeSantis um, and I'm going to try my best to get this uh, up on the website uh, today maybe tomorrow at the latest but Governor DeSantis I attend part of the reason why I uh, got myself uh, a little bit late starting this week is because I was invited to go to a a DeSantis event here in our home base in North Florida. Uh, Governor DeSantis came and visited uh, Suwannee County, uh, where I live and where our base is, at least for right now anyway. And it was great. I mean, I'd never seen Governor DeSantis speak uh, really live. I mean, well, I have twice actually. Now that I rethink it, I did hear his speech at CPAC in Orlando back in February and hearing him speak today uh, and watching it live. And I, and I recorded it. I tried to get it live streamed, but ran into some technical difficulties. But it's okay. I'm going to try my best to get at least some of it uh, on the website or on one of our uh, platforms on social media. But yeah. This is going to be pretty darned interesting to see what happens. And we are still, like I said, about 70 or so days 
uh, out from the general election. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens over the next little while. Now, primary season will be finishing out in about in September. The last primaries are going to be on September 13th. But this weekend, this Labor Day weekend, kicking off the start, uh, the traditional start going into the general election, Trump will be back on the trail. Oh, boy. Now, this weekend, uh, September 3rd, uh, he's going to be doing a rally. I don't, I, I don't know where off the top of my head, but I'll get that information. But, oh man, Trump doing his first rally post Mar-a-Lago raid. I cannot even begin to uh, anticipate how much energy the crowd is going to have, how much Trump is going to be fired up. Oh, man. I mean, could this actually be maybe the announcement we've been all waiting for? I do not. I just don't know. But it would be really dang interesting. That is for certain. So, with that, my friends, I'm going to call it a day today. I want to thank everybody for listening. We've got more coming, and it's going to get a whole lot more interesting as we get closer and closer to November the 8th. So, uh, so long for now. God bless you, everybody. And remember, patriots still come in all colors.